so good to be back together again. Somebody say together again. Together. Amen. We got to love coming together and assembling ourselves because when we get to heaven, we're going to be together. You'll be in your mansion, yes, but we will be together and we will certainly get to enjoy one another, enjoy the presence of the Lord and live forever and ever in his presence. And so we just need to become comfortable with the idea and do everything that we can to be sure we're always, always grateful and thankful and happy to be together. Thank you, Lord. God is good to us. We are the family of God. Amen. And being a family means we want to be with one another. Amen. Amen. I, I've never dismissed that as families, we're going to be family forever. Amen. That doesn't mean we're going to always get along. But it means we're going to be family forever. And sometimes we have disagreements, and sometimes uh, we see things differently. Amen. But it doesn't mean we're not family, and it doesn't mean we're not going to be together forever. So I thank God for all of his goodness and his mercy, his kindness, and his love. I greet you this morning in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, the name that's above every name. Welcome to Christ-Centered Church where Christ is our central focus. I greet you one and all, and I'm so grateful that we can be together. Hallelujah. We're going to go into prayer this morning, as we always do, and we're going to just ask the Lord to speak to our hearts today and just just touch us in a special way and receive our worship and praise. Uh, if you were a part of our prayer meeting yesterday, um, you understand the the... I don't know the burden that I feel um, of of us, a people, and I include myself in that, of are we changing as the message is being ministered to us? Uh, are we seeing tangible change? Can we look at our life and see from one day to the next, one week to the next, one month to the next, one year to the next, we can see actual changes in our life. And say, we're, we're doing what the Lord wants us to do. We're pleasing Jesus. We're having great impact on the lives of ourselves, on, on the lives of the people around us, and even in our own life. We're, we're, we're seeing a difference because of how we've given ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm challenging you today to not let this service, the Word of God, slip away from you without you applying it and allowing it to change you that you can help to be a change 
help to change this world because we need to help one another and make a difference. Amen. And so let's go before the Lord in prayer today. And what we're going to pray is asking the Lord to speak to us, asking the Lord to give us um, insight, understanding, uh, to touch our hearts. And, and we want to experience his power. We want to experience uh, a, a breakthrough. We want to see change that will take place in our life. And so I want you to pray with me that God will use me as his oracle. The power of God will move in your life to the point where you will see absolute change. There will be actions that will begin to go forth from you because of the word of God and the spirit of God. So let's stand together and go before the Lord in prayer. And we're going to ask the Lord to help us this morning. Don't forget um, on our prayer list, the folks that we've listed, um, if you joined us for prayer yesterday, you know the listing that we have. We talked about so many people that we need prayer for, that they're sick in the body. Um, a lot of families are experiencing loss. They're trying to deal with the loss that they've experienced. We want to pray for them. And the greatest thing we want to pray is that people will experience the salvation of the Lord, that they will get saved, and that they will just give themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ and and, and surrender and let his life, let, let him transform their life. So let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you honor this morning. There is none like you. You are the only wise God. You are the only true and living God. Heaven is your throne. Earth is your footstool. We're grateful, Lord God, for one more opportunity to wake up, to be able, Lord mighty God, to, to seek you, to be able, Almighty God, to experience you in an intimate way to grow in you, to know you in a deeper way, and to be used of you, Lord God. It's such a privilege, Lord God. It's an honor, Lord God, to be a part of the kingdom and to be a part of what you're doing in this end time. And so, Lord, I pray today that you'll hear our petitions and cry for, Lord, change that we want to experience in our very own life, change that we want to see in our world. We know, Lord God, that the change that our world needs is a is a supernatural experience with you, Lord God. The change that our world needs, Lord God, is for the power of God to overshadow them. And Lord God, for us to become one with you. And I pray this morning in the name of Jesus uh, that there will be a revival that will take place in us, the church of the living God. And then, Lord God, there will be a great harvest uh, that will be reaped uh, throughout this world that, Lord, uh, blinded eyes will begin to see, Lord God, their ears uh, will unstop, Lord God, and the power of God will be unleashed and revealed. That people will never be the same again, Lord God. That deliverance will come to us. That salvation will come to us. Oh God, that Lord, we will come to know you in the true essence of the way. I pray, Almighty God, that you'll anoint me today to speak as your oracle, to move and be guided by the Spirit of God and speak the Word of God. Touch the hearts and the hearing of your people this morning. That Lord, they will hear and receive and understand and apply and become doers of the word of God today. Lord, I pray for the power of God to move miraculously on us and on this congregation today. Bless their people, Lord God, and they will never be the same again because the spirit of God and the word of God will 
move on them and cause them to be different. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We give you all the honor and all the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for praying with us. You may be seated. We're going to have Brother Josiah and Brother Scarlett to come and minister to the Lord in songs. Come on, Brother Scarlett. Come on, Brother Josiah, and minister to the Lord.
somebody. Clap your hands up to the Lord this morning. The songwriter says, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. <laughs> Jesus, we're so thankful this morning. You're all we want. You're all we ever needed. And we give you honor this morning and praise. There is none like you. There is none like Jesus, church. There is none like him. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Brother Scarlett and Brother Josiah, they make it look so effortless as they stand before the Lord and they minister to him in songs. And we're so fortunate and blessed to just experience and to receive how they minister unto the Lord. Thank you for just faithful people of God. Amen. Somebody say it's offering time. Amen. I didn't hear that too loud. Somebody say it's offering time. Amen. That sounds better. Hallelujah. It's time to give unto the Lord. The Lord has given unto us. And remember, our first wealth is our health. And so sometimes, you know, it's hard sometimes for us to see that the Lord has been good to us and given to us. And I will start real quick at health. And if the Lord has given you health, he's been good to you. And so the job that you may still be working or whatever you're doing to earn a living, he gave you health that you are able to do so. And the Lord commanded in his word that we must bring ye the tithes and offering into the storehouse. And so this morning we come to give unto the Lord. You have four different ways of giving, probably five different ways of giving. You can give by cash app. And so our cash app is working. It was not working too good uh, a few weeks ago, but... We've checked it out. It's doing well. And so if you'd like to get Cash App by Cash App, you can do so at Christ Centered Church. You can do so. If you'd like to give um, by PayPal, you can find us uh, PayPal at Christ Centered Church as well. If you would like to go on the website and um, click on the tab to give, you can give that way. And also, if you need to call Sister Patrice so you can do the square, the swipe, she can do that for you as well. And the final way is, if you want to mail it to the house, I will get it for you and get it in the offering, uh, 22 Concord Avenue, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. If you'd like me to come out and pick it up, the sixth way, I'll come out and pick it up for you. And as I mentioned, still throwing it out the window. Corona didn't go anywhere, church. So don't be be fooled and, and start operating like Corona just disappeared. It, it's still available. <laughs> if you want to get it, it's still available. <laughs> so you better be careful. You better be careful. Amen. So be careful. Still wear your mask when you go out. Um, still try to do social distancing and uh, do your best to stay safe and keep your family safe. Amen. And we want you to do the right thing. So those are the ways that you can give this morning. And we want you to give because we want you to be blessed financially. We know that if you allow the Lord to, he will bless you spiritually. And that requires for you to just humble yourself, give yourself to him. He will bless you spiritually if you just submit to him. 
but the same as well for financial blessing, that if you will do what he tells you to, which is to give of your tithes and offering 10% of your earning and whatever you want to give for an offering, he said if you do that, he will stop the canker worm and the locusts and all of them that try to eat away your money and try to eat away all your treasures and all your blessing. He says, I will stop them, the devourers. I will stop them. And he says, I will pour you out of blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. So we just do what he says. We will receive everything that we need, and God will bless us. I want to say a big hello to my my little big sister, Nadine. Uh, she called me um, Big Brother Pastor Wayne. And so um, I love her dearly, and um, just want to let her know that I love her this morning, and thanks for tuning in. I want to also say to Brother Donald Kellerman, I know there's a couple of Kellermans around, a few, but Brother Donald, I'm speaking to you this morning, and I want you to know that God is doing something in your life. Trust him. He will direct you. He wants to use you, and if you will trust him and just let him guide you, continue to be faithful as you have been, God will do some great things in your life. But I appreciate all of you um, coming together. Um, we're going to get back into the building in short order. I, I got to go in and test it out for you. <laughs> so you might see um, our next broadcast. Um, we will be in our church building. And you, you might say, why isn't Pastor letting us come to the building? I got to test it out for you. So I'm going to get there and test it out for you. Make sure it's all good. Make sure we're all cleaned up. Make sure everything is right. So when you come in, you will feel safe. You will feel like, okay, good. And so I'm going to test it out for you. And I'll tell you what day we will all be able to get back in the building and how we will get back, how we will do things. I'll tell you that in short order. Just give me a moment and um, we'll get to that. Amen? Amen. Offering time. Let's pray for the offering. Father, we thank you for this offering. We thank you. For all that you've given us, for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us, Lord, we are grateful that we have to give. Because, Lord, it is you that made the way for us to receive all that we have. And this morning we come in obedience, in faith, and in worship to give of our tithes and our offering. Lord, we pray that the blessings of the Lord will flow into the lives of every person that obey the word of God and give this morning. And, Lord, for those that want to give, just don't have it to give. Those who are struggling, Lord God, you know their situation. I pray, Lord God, that you'll make a way for them. And if we can be that arm, Lord God, that can go forth and help them, use us to be a blessing, almighty God. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will hear us and grant the petitions as you see fit, Lord God, according to your will. We pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. And so give your offering, and the Lord will bless you and do great things in your life. Amen. Order is a little bit different this morning, and sometimes you just don't think about it. You kind of let the Lord lead you. And so this is the way the Lord wants it, so this is the way it will be. Thank Amen. God for being led by his spirit and not by what we want. We can plan, but if God see that he wants to do something different, then it's all right. The Lord have his way, and he is the one that gets to call the shots. He's the shot caller. <laughs> Our instructions come from upstairs. <laughs> Amen. Our instructions come from upstairs. We don't make up what we want, right? We don't, we don't do that. Our instructions come from the Lord. And so that's what we will do is listen to him and let him instruct us 
Amen. For God is so good to us and wonderful. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to get your Bibles or your smart device. Amen. And I want you to turn with me to a couple of passages of scriptures. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. Amen. Let me uh, mess around here. They mess with my tablet, and it's, and I got to make sure it's right. So it's not right right now, and so I got to make it right. Okay, there we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. All right. There we go. There we go. Got to have it a certain way. Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 11. Amen. And then 2 Corinthians 4 and 3. So Matthew chapter 11, verse number Matthew chapter 18, verse number 11, and 2 Corinthians 4 and 3. I want to mention something to you uh, before we get into the Word of God. And a couple of things I want to mention to you. And the first thing I want to mention is this. It takes hard work and sacrifice to sustain a loving, fulfilled relationship. It takes hard work and sacrifice to sustain a loving, fulfilled relationship. Hard work and sacrifice to sustain a loving, fulfilled relationship. What does that mean? It means it's not easy to sustain a loving and fulfilled relationship. Because work is work and sacrifice is the ultimate thing. So it's not easy. To sustain a loving and fulfilled relationship. That can be siblings. That can be parents. That can be husband and wife. And that can also be us and the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are relationships that if we want them to be sustained in a loving and fulfilled way... It's going to take a lot of work and sacrifice. Somebody say amen. amen. And so I say that to say this. We want to believe it's simpler than it really is to have a right relationship with Christ and to make heaven our home. We want to believe it's simpler. We want to think it's simpler than what's in our mind. But I'm here to tell you, it's not going to be as simple as some have made it out to be to have a right relationship with Christ and spend eternity with him. It's not going to be as simple as some are thinking or some may believe. It just will not be. Because in the natural, we know it's very difficult to have a relationship with people we see. 
But what about that relationship with the Almighty God, Jesus Christ, that we don't see? Which one do you think will be harder? The Bible already talked about that. God said, how can you love him that you don't see when you see your brother in front of you and you don't love him? So it's already, we know it's harder to love the one that's in heaven that we can't see than to love the one that's before us. And so we're struggling with relationships with people. It's a good indication that we will be also struggling. Mm-hmm. 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 So don't think having a relationship with Christ that will be loving and fulfilled is going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And don't let anybody deceive you in thinking it's going to be easy. We live in a sinful world. We live in a world that is not conducive to right relationship, as we can see. So it's not going to be easy. And so I'm here to tell you, this preacher right here, I know the way I preach sometimes is just strong. I remember John, one of the, 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 the men in our church, John said to me, Pastor, I like when you preach strong. <laughs> I wanted to say, John, that may be you, but not everyone like when I preach strong. <laughs> but I appreciated that. I know what he was saying. But as John says, I preach strong at times. And I will say this. If you're sincere about a right relationship with Christ, the way I preach will help you. Amen. Amen. But if you're not sincere, the way I preach will irritate you. It's just a fact. And so, you take that for whatever it's worth. I just felt like I needed to mention that to you. That it's not going to be easy to make sure we have a loving, fulfilled relationship with Jesus Christ or anyone else. And spend eternity in heaven is not going to be that easy. We're going to have to work hard. Because everything around us wants us to be selfish and self-centered. That's what everything is teaching us to do. When a loving and fulfilled relationship is telling us to be sacrificial and to be selfless. So just keep that in mind as I get into the word of God today. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. The word of God says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. The Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3 says this, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believed not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I want to talk to you this morning on this subject. Jesus, the only way. Jesus, the only way. For some, that might sound cliche. For some, you might say, yeah, I know that. Well, I'm back to what I was praying about last night. And that is, with all that we know, with all that we've read, with all the prayers we've prayed, are we living like Jesus is the only way? Are we looking at our life and say, I can see that my life is being transformed. I'm changing. I'm, I'm pleasing 
pleasing God more and more each day. I'm making an impact on humanity where I'm making a difference. Can I look at my life and say that? Because if we can't say that, then guess what? It's not just a cliche that Jesus the only way. It means we need to really search and dig deep and look into the word of God to make sure we know he is the only way. And so today, I want to talk to you on that subject, Jesus, the only way. I saw an, an, an interesting bumper sticker a few days ago, and it tickled me because I knew what I was going to preach this morning. And so, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I work on the message all week long. And so, you know, you're praying, you're, you're, you're seeking the Lord, you're making yourself available to hear what the Lord wants to say. And so all week you're working on it. You're jotting stuff down. You know, you're, you're, you're texting, uh, writing stuff down on your phone. Every time God gives you a thought, you put it all down and you work it together. And then Saturday you try to tighten it all up and make sure it's all good. And so you're ready for Sunday. So the message usually that I bring to you is a message that's been worked on for a whole week. And so... While I was driving sometime last week, I don't remember what day it was, I saw this bumper sticker and I just smiled. I said, oh, Lord, is that another way you're speaking to me? Amazing when God gives you a message to minister that he begins to show you things about it and you begin to identify. He says, okay, all right, I get it. And so the bumper sticker read um, this way. If you are following me, you are also lost. <laughs> If you are following me, you are also lost. How many of us are following people who are lost? Ha. Help us, Holy Ghost. How many of us are following crowds who are lost? How many lost Lost people out there are following other lost people out there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Lost people cannot help other lost people find the way. And so if you're following someone and they are lost, guess what? You're also lost. And guess what? The, between you and the, and the group or between you and the individual, you will never find your way because both of you are lost. <laughs> lost people cannot help other lost people find the way. Legend has it that Daniel Boone was asked, have you ever been lost? He thought a moment and answered, no, but I have been bewildered all day. Now, if you know what bewildered means, you know it means puzzled, are confused. So he may not have been physically lost according to him, but he was bewildered. He was confused and he was puzzled. Listen, when you're puzzled, when you're confused, it's just as well as being lost. Because you don't know the way. You don't know what's going on. Most of us know the panicky feeling of being lost in a crowd or on a journey. For most men, when they are lost, it takes a really long time for them to admit they are lost. And even more time for them to ask for directions. Mm -hmm. Our awareness and admission that we are lost 
will determine if we will ever find the way. Our awareness and admission that we are lost will determine if we will ever find the way. Uh huh. Now you might feel like, well, what is he talking about? I'm not lost. I know what's going on. I know what I'm doing. And so I'm not lost. Well, listen to Matthew chapter 18, what we read not long ago. Verse 11 says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. If you believe in Jesus, you better understand that he called us lost. <laughs> you might not want to believe that you're lost, but Jesus came to this world because human beings were lost. And if you will admit and become aware that you are lost, then then you will have an opportunity to find the way. Somebody say amen. amen. Almighty God became the man Christ Jesus. And he came into this world because mankind was lost. He didn't come into this world because we were doing great. He didn't come into this world because we knew the way to take. He came into this world because we were lost and we needed him. And so he came to this world because mankind was lost. It should be of great concern if you are lost, but it should be of greater concern if you aren't doing anything about it. Come on. Hmm. Amen. And woe unto all who are lost and don't know it. Let's define the term loss. Webster's Dictionary gives us several possibilities. Here are the possibilities of the definition by Webster of being lost. It means not to win a competition. Unable to find the way. Just like the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. No longer visible. We're talking about loss. Lacking assurance of self-confidence. Ruined or destroyed. No longer possessed or known. That's strong. No longer possessed or known. Dictionary.com defined loss as no longer possessed or retained. Huh. No longer to be found. Having gone astray or missed the way. Bewildered as to the place or direction. Huh. Not used to good purpose as opportunity, time, or labor wasted. Being something that someone has failed to win. Those are definitions by Webster and by Dictionary.com of what loss really means. Those are great definitions. There are many thoughts that the Bible has said about people being lost. In 2 Corinthians, what we read earlier, 4 and 3, it says that the gospel is hid. It is hid to them who are lost. So the first thing we need to stop and think about is, if the gospel is not known unto us, we are lost. 
I know everybody know, oh yeah, Jesus died and rose on the third day, and so they think the gospel. In the Christian context, we say those who do not have Christ as Savior and Lord are lost. This makes sense in light of all the definitions we just read. They are all relevant to the unsaved person's life and condition. So when you're lost, you go back to those definitions that we just read and you will say, hmm, now they make sense. If, if you don't have Christ in your life, then you are lost. And so the definitions say, no longer possessed or retained. I love that because if you want to know that you have found your way, you must be possessed by Christ. You must be retained by Christ. You must be used for good purpose by Christ. Christ. And so if you want to know that you are not lost, you got to ask yourself, am I possessed by Christ? Am I being used by Christ? Come on, somebody help me. And so we need to realize what loss really means. Are you no longer known by Christ? Oh, man. I remember when those men came to the Lord and said, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in thy name? Lord, Lord, didn't we do wonderful miracles in thy name? And Jesus says, depart from me, for I never knew. It's not about what we do. It's about if we're possessed by him. It's about if we know him. It's about if he know us. Amen. It's about if we have relationship with him. And like I said earlier, to have a, a relationship with Christ that is loving and fulfilled is going to take a whole lot of work and a lot of sacrifice. And that's what it will take for us to know that we're not lost because we will be possessed or retained by Jesus Christ. Somebody clap their hands like this. The Son of Man, he came to this world because... Mankind was lost. Here are some scriptures that you may be familiar with that talk about being lost. We talk about lost sheep, which is talking about really people, lost coin, and a lost son. Luke chapter 15, verse number 4 says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is what? Lost until he find it. And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. There's something going on that the Lord is trying to tell us about lost things and lost people. And when we find them, what is supposed to happen? Verse number 7 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. You know what the Bible is trying to tell us? When we're sinners, when we're not living for God, we are lost. But the Bible also tells us that it's okay because the day that we repent of our sins, the day that we turn from our own ways and turn to the Lord, the day that we do that, we have found the way. But until then, we are lost. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Joy 
Right. In heaven. Over one sinner that repents. So it means if we're not, if we did not repent, it means we are lost. If we have not repent, we are lost. Amen. But when we repent, uh, there's joy in heaven. They rejoice in heaven. And so should we here on earth. Uh, that when one person uh, or when plenty of people decide to turn from their own self-centered ways, uh, to turn from evil, to turn from sin, uh, and turn to the Lord and repent, uh, oh, we ought to rejoice. Uh, we ought to celebrate. Uh, that's why when somebody gets baptized uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, we ought to show up uh, and show out and rejoice together because they were lost and now they have found the way. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver if she lose one piece does not light a candle and sweep the house to seek diligently till she find it. And when she had found it she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. You see the theme right there? He used the lost sheep as an example. He used the lost coin as an example. But in both of those phrases, by saying there's joy in heaven when one person, when one sinner repents. And so God is trying to tell us, if you're lost, all you got to do is repent and turn to him. Give your life to him and you will be rejoicing in heaven. You have power to make heaven rejoice. You have power to cause heaven to begin to rejoice. Don't you know here on earth, if you will turn unto God, if you will turn from your own ways, heaven will rejoice. You can cause heaven to be stirred up when you turn from your own ways. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. What kind of influence God has given us that we can cause heaven to be joyful. My Lord. Verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons. Mm -hmm. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him or unto them his living. And not many days after the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Verse 14, And when he had spent all, somebody say all, all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. You know, he didn't know that there was going to be a famine in the land. It's interesting. But God knew. Today, we didn't know Corona will show up when it showed up, but God knew. I'm telling you, church, it is so worth it to be on the Lord's side. Amen. It is so worth it to be on the Lord's side because he knows everything that will befall us. He knows everything before it happens. He is the all-knowing God. And if we're on his side, he will always prepare us for what's about to come. Amen. Guess what? You remember when he said it was going to rain, when it never rained? And he said, Noah, it's going to rain. I know it never rained before, but it's going to rain. And he told Noah... 
prepare an ark because it's going to rain. And the escape plan is that you prepare an ark. And everyone that will come in, they will be able to escape the rain that will fall and destroy the earth. And guess what? Noah kept building and kept sacrificing. Uh Yes, and kept working and kept going. For many years, he was doing that thing, building that ark. And guess what? He finally went in. It started raining and he was saved. Church, I'm here to tell you, God tells them that are his, his secret. God tells them that are his, what's about to come. We need to get on the Lord's side because he will tell us what's getting ready to come. And if he don't tell us what's getting ready to come, he will prepare us for what's getting ready to come. We need to get on the side of Jesus Christ. We will be ahead of the game. We're trying to get ahead of the game without the one who is ahead of the game. But I'm telling you, if you get on the side of Jesus, you will be ahead of the game. You will be prepared for everything that will befall you. And God will sustain you. And God will upkeep you. Somebody ought to thank God for that this morning. Oh God, you're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 14. I love verse 14. And when you had spent all, somebody say all. There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his field, his fields to feed swines. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Church, listen to me this morning. You never know what may happen to you when you are not with the Father. That son asked to leave home, and that son asked to go away from the Father. But I'm here to tell you, you never know what may happen to you when you are not with the Father. You never know what you may do when you are not with the Father. Much of our misbehavior and evil Evil ways are because we are not with the Father. Church, hear me what I'm telling you. We're old today, and I'm with you. we got to be just decent human beings. we got to be people that will treat each other fairly and equally. we got to treat each other just. But I'm telling you, it's asking a hard thing of human, because we have corrupted ourselves in so many ways. And the only sure way of us treating each other right, the only sure way of us living, oh, just to love one another, and treat one another fairly is when we get Jesus Christ in our life. And so I know sometimes it seems like the church is telling you get Jesus, get Jesus. But it is the foundation of humanity. Morals came from Jesus. How to live came from Jesus. And so we're trying to do it without him. And when we fail, we can't believe it. And we're trying to figure it out. But it's all because we're trying to do it without him. It's not a normal thing to try to be right, to try to be a Good person without Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. We want to be good people without Jesus. We want to love one another without Jesus. We want to respect one another without Jesus. We want to treat each other with with 
equality without Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm telling you it's a tall order for people in their heart to do right. It's not easy. The Bible says our heart is wicked, it's evil, and it's deceitful. It's not easy to live right without Jesus. Amen. I'm all for everybody that's doing the things to bring awareness and talk about the right things. I'm all for it. But I just know at the end of the day, we need Jesus in our heart. We need Jesus in our mind. We need Jesus in our life in order to sustain loving one another, treating each other right, being being fair to one another, equality, making sure everybody's treating with equal rights. It it takes Jesus. And so, yes, every once in a while we can fake it. We can do it because we know we're supposed to do it. But how many people are doing things that's not in their heart? Come on now. (laughs) You heard the story about the teacher decided that she's going to punish one of the kids because he was doing a lot of talking in class. And she told him, she said, hey, that's it. You're on punishment. I want you to go over the corner and stand over there and don't move. Just stand in the corner. And the kid went over the corner and he said to the teacher, yeah, I know I'm standing up, but in my mind I'm sitting down. (laughs) There are a lot of people that are trying to do the right thing, but in their mind and in their heart, that's not what's in it. I'm just telling you the truth. But when you get the power of the Holy Ghost to transform you, when the power of God overshadowed you like it overshadowed Mary, when you've been born again and your sins are washed away, when you become holy and righteous through the word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost, then something changes because no longer you are driving what's happening in your life. No, it's the spirit of God and the word of God that's driving your actions. And so I'm here to tell you today, I might have the same emotions you have, I might think some things you think, but guess what? I'm being driven by the Spirit of God. I'm being driven by the Word of God. And so no matter what I think, and no matter how I feel, it's the Spirit of God and the Word of God that moves me to action. It's the Spirit of God and the Word of God that should move all of us to action. Somebody say amen. That's what should move us to action. I'm not telling you to deny your emotions. I'm just telling you, let the Spirit and the Word drive you to action. And when, verse 17, and when he came to himself. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, help me. This son told his father, give me my share uh, that, that, that belongs to me, and I'm going to go live, go do my thing, how I want, away from you. And he went and did whatever he wanted, and we see what happened. Family took place, he spent all his money, and now he, he was just a mess. And so he was living foul. He was living in a bad state. And so the Bible says, and when he came to himself. That is such a powerful statement in this word. Because the Bible wants us to understand that without Jesus Christ, when you are lost, you're not even yourself. Oh, 
When, when you're doing whatever you want, when you're living however you want, you're not even yourself. You don't even know it. And I got to tell you, there are many of us that have been living without Christ for so long. We think that's the real us. But I'm here to tell you, if you've been living without Christ, that's not the real you. If you've been walking around without Christ, that's not the real you. Because you were created in his image. You were made by Christ. He designed you. And so until you come to know him, until you come to yourself and understand who Jesus is, guess what? You're not your real self. Come on now. Hallelujah. Have your way, Jesus. The Bible says the young man came to himself because living foul and living evil and living away from God and living ungodly, you're not living according to who you are. You're not the real you. He came to himself. Here is what he said when he came to himself. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. He said, the servants in my father's house are living better than me right now. All because I didn't want to be around my father. All because I'm, I want to take my, my, my money and, and, and go do whatever I want. All because I don't like the rules that my daddy have at the house. Oh, somebody help me here today. All because I'm, I, I got too, too grown up now. I don't like what he's telling me about this. I don't like what he's telling me about that. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's necessary. And guess what he did? Give me my stuff so I can go. And the father said, here you go. And he went. And guess what? Right us living and found him himself in the pig pen, eating what the pigs were eating, to the point where the servants in his daddy's house was living better than him. Is it that important that we do what we want? Is it that important to fulfill all your desires? Is it that important to go and just experience things on your own? Or is it more important to just keep on being with the Father because He knows what's best and He will always guide your life the right way? Without the Father, you are lost. Amen. He came to Himself and realized this is stupid. <laughs> I'm here just wasting time, living just foul and just just a mess. My the servants in my father's home are living better. Verse 18 says, and he and 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 it says 18. I will arise and go to my father, and I will and and, and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Verse 17 and 18 is like a person repenting. If you want to understand repentance, verse 17 and 18. So, what is repentance? You come to yourself to realize, I'm not living right. I, I, I am not living the way I'm supposed to be living. I, I am a mess. And, and I need to get my life together. And the only way I can get my life together is by going to the Father. Is by going to the Father's house. The only way I'm going to get my life together is by going to Jesus. Is by going into the church of the living God. That's how I'm going to get my life together. And this is what the son realized. And that's called repentance. But as long as you think that you're okay, you will never go back to the Father. You will still stay out there and try to figure it all out on your own. Amen. Amen. Repentance. Amen. Luke is showing us something here. 
So in verse 17 and 18, that's that's the boy uh, repenting, realizing it's wrong, realizing he needs to turn around and go in a different direction. That's it right there. Verse 19. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 19. And and, and, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And so he, he got to the point. This is, you want to hear real repentance? He got to the point where he says, I don't need nothing to be your son no more, Dad. I know I messed up so badly, I don't have to be your son anymore. But you know what? I am still better off coming home and being one of the servants because I will still live better as a servant in the house of my father than living out in the streets and enjoying everything I want. I'm telling you, somebody hear me today. It's better to be in the church no matter what you think. It's better to be with Jesus no matter what you think because in the house of the Lord, he will bless you. He will protect you. He will care for you. He will do all that you need in his house. But when you're not in the house, you are on your own. My oh, my God, help us today. Glory to God. That's true repentance. And so verse 20 says, and he arose. So after he repented, you, you, can't, you can't just say, Lord, forgive me and just sit right in the same place, doing the same thing. Here we go. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Glory. Man, can somebody get this picture? Get this picture. Just get this picture. Think about this. His father is wealthy. His father has servants. His father probably have a lot going on that he have to oversee and, you know, making sure things are running around the house. How is it that the father saw his son afar off? We don't know what day of the week it was. We don't know what time of the day it was. Right. How, how is it just randomly the father saw his son coming afar off? Right. Good question. You know what I think? Because the father was looking for him from the day he left. From the day he left home, it broke his father's heart. But his father was looking for him to come back to return from the day he left. Somebody hear me today. You have backslidden from God. You, you have moved away from God. You have walked away from the church. I want you to hear me today. The Father, Almighty God, Jesus Christ, is just looking out every day, just wanting to see you come forward, just wanting to see you come back to the house. God is looking. This is why the Bible says the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. You know what seeking means? I'm looking for you. Oh, somebody help me. Seeking me, God, is constantly looking for the lost. It, it doesn't matter if you're backslidden or you never got saved. If you're lost, he's constantly looking. He's constantly searching. He's constantly reaching. But you have to commit yourself. You have to give yourself to Jesus. You say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I'm coming home. I will serve you. I will humble myself. I will submit to you. Here I am. Lord. He wants to save you. That's why it says that he's seeking to save. Yes. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. And so he saw him come afar off. And he says, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. 
And the son said unto, said unto his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. When he repented, he really repented. He was going to his daddy to really be a servant in his daddy's house. My God, what a heart when you come to the place where you realize you're so wrong that you're, you're willing to do whatever you have to do to make it right. That's what, that's what happened. He was so messed up and so wrong. He repented and came to his daddy's house and said, Daddy, I don't have to be your son anymore. I don't have to walk around here being your son. I will just be one of the servants because I just did wrong and I don't deserve to be your son anymore. How many of us are going to the Lord Jesus, uh, truly repenting, say, God, I don't deserve your goodness. I don't deserve your blessing. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve to be saved. Oh, but God, if you'll allow me this one more time just to be in your your, your your house and to serve and to just do whatever you want me to do. I will be appreciative, God. Will you allow me? Amen. That's how the son came at his dad. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. The daddy says, once a son, always a son. But you have to determine if you're going to follow the instructions to stay in the house. Amen. The world have it the other way. They think once a son, always a son, which means you still have access to the house. That's good. Come on. Come on, preach. Once a son, once a daughter, always a son or a daughter, because he created you. He's responsible for you. But the bottom line is, you can't just do whatever you want in the house. Mm -hmm. And in order to remain in the house, you got to follow the house rules. Amen. And so that's the real difference. So we can brag all we want. Oh, I'm a child of God. Yes, you are. Oh, God loves me. Yes, he does. But are you in the house? Come on. Are you in the house? Because if we're not in the house, it means nothing. If we're not in the house, we're not saved. If we're not in the house, we won't spend eternity with him. we got to get in the house. And today we know the house is the church of the living God. we got to get in the house. Yeah. Somebody, you got to get back in the house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My God. For this, my son was dead. That's what the father said. My son was dead. Now, we know the kid wasn't physically dead. But this is how it says, for this my son was dead. Huh. You know what that means? When you're lost, you're dead. <laughs> and it's alive again. When you are found, you become alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. The lost sheep the lost coin, and the lost son. Jesus gave us understanding so we can understand when we're lost, what it looks like. You should know today where you are. Are you lost? Being in the service don't mean you're in the house. My God. Hearing me preach don't mean you're in the house. Tuning in don't mean you're in the house. Don't mean you're in right standing. This is the opportunity for you to get in right standing. So when you hear the word of God, it is supposed to convict your heart to make you do the right thing. But just hearing the word of God is not enough. 
There must be some actions. When the young man came to himself, he didn't stay in the pig pen. When he came to himself, he didn't stay in that city where he was. When he came to himself, he got up out of that situation and walked back to a different situation where the father is. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. Only when we go to Jesus will we find the way. When we are lost, if we don't go to Jesus and know him, we are dead men walking if we don't go to Jesus. We are dead men walking if we don't go to Jesus. Guess what? You want to know what the gospel is? The Bible says that if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost. Right. Guess what the gospel is? The gospel is Jesus Christ. I want to make it simple for you. I know you want to talk about the life, uh, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. All right, you can come get on, into that. On, but just on. simply put, the gospel is Jesus. Yeah. And so when you want to know the gospel, you want to know Jesus. Uh, when you know Jesus, you know come the on. gospel. Amen, amen. You don't know Jesus, you're ignorant and lost. My Lord. That's not being mean. That's just telling you plain. Let me tell you this. I'm getting there. Pride is killing us. Mm. Come on, Jesus. What do you mean by that, preacher? Listen to this. It is pride that keeps us from going to Jesus. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. It's pride that keeps us from following a man or woman who is following Jesus. Mm. You know what's interesting? When we're in the building and we have altar call mm -hmm. and you hear the word of God and you totally know it's speaking to your heart and you know it's truthful. And I say, come to the altar and just talk to the Lord. Why do you think you don't come? Come on. I'm not even going to answer that question. I'll let you answer it. You might have a better answer than me, but I'm I'm just going to move on from that and let you think about it. Amen. But but it's interesting to know it, it, it's pride that keeps us from following, from going after Jesus. It's pride that keeps us from following a man or a woman who is following Jesus. Now let me tell you how confused we are, how lost we are. Listen to this. Some people's some, some, somehow, pride doesn't prevent us from following someone or a group of people who are lost. But it sure keeps us from following Jesus and those he uses to lead us. What are you saying, preacher? I see it right now. A lot of people are deciding, I'm following this movement. I'm following that movement. I'm following this person. I'm following that person. And for a good cause. And that's fine. What I'm saying, though, is if you have the heart, if you have the fortitude, if you have just whatever you have within you to make you say, I'm following them because they stand for, they're standing for something that's right. Tell me why you don't follow Jesus. Tell me. Amen. Tell me. It's right to follow someone that's standing for something that's good and right. But my question is, when I say we ought to follow Jesus, why I don't get a crowd coming? Amen. Why I can't get a crowd coming when I say come follow Jesus? 
Why we don't get a why we don't have a a crowd outside the church saying, Oh, we don't have any room to fit people. Why? Why we're 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 trying to do everything we can to get people to follow Jesus. But right now, we can get a crowd to follow a lot of people who are saying certain things. Why is that? Jesus gives you eternal life. Whatever you do here on earth is temporary. Whatever you follow on this earth is temporary. But when you follow Jesus, it's eternal. Why can't we get more people to follow Jesus? Jesus. Listen to me, church. I don't know how we're going to explain to the Lord how we can stand up for certain things, which is right. But we won't stand up for him. I don't know how we're going to explain that to him. I don't know how when we stand before God, we're going to be able to say, uh, yeah, I had to stand up for that because that was unfair. That was unjust. That was not that was not fair. People was just not right. And I had to say something. And, I, and you're right. You should say something. You should stand up. But then Jesus is going to ask you, okay, then who am I? Why aren't you following me? Why aren't you standing up for me? Why aren't you living for me? Why aren't you making me the biggest thing in your life? Do you know why we're following everyone else that are standing up for a purpose and a cause, but we're not following Jesus? I'll tell you why. The God of this world, who's the God of this world? Oh, Satan has blinded yes. your mind. And we don't like to say nobody have anything over us. <laughs> it, it's difficult for us to say anybody have anything over us. But let me tell you, the reason why you can stand up for just causes and the reason why you'll follow people for standing up for causes and you won't follow Jesus is because your mind is blinded. There's a veil over your eye. You can't see it. It's invisible, but it's blinding you from seeing Jesus. It's blinding you from receiving the gospel. But he is, this is how you know he's slick. He made sure you can see the things that are natural that's happening in the earth. But he's trying his best to stop you from seeing Jesus. I want to know why. I want to know why. You should get so curious as to wanting to know why you can't see clearly who Jesus is, but you can see everything else in your life clearly. My God. <laughs> we ought to get, we just wake up and start asking some questions that we're not asking. Why am I seeing this as clearly that's wrong? Why am I seeing this as clearly that's not right? But I can't see that Jesus is right. Why am I not seeing that? Because... The God of this world has veiled up your eyes and you can't see. But that's why God sent preachers into this world. That's why God has called people to preach the gospel so you can hear and see this gospel message so you won't be deceived, so you won't be lost. If you are relying on your own wits, your own intelligence, your own knowledge to find your way, you will never find the way. Only when you humble yourselves and let the Lord conduits lead you to find the way will you ever find the way. I'm closing. Psychologist tells us that the mind records everything we experience and do. 
good or bad. It doesn't matter. Our subconscious stores it all. Therefore, we cannot avoid guilt. You're wondering why you're experiencing guilt sometimes. You don't even know where it comes from. Because your mind is recording everything. If we try to repress guilt itself in other ways, such as depression, stress, anger, or even violence. (laughs) Oh, God, help us today. If we try to suppress, so here is what's happening. We are experiencing guilt and don't even understand why we're experiencing guilt. And a lot of it is because we've sinned against God. But instead of going to God, we decide we can just keep on working through it. We will just overcome it. But guess what? It shows up in depression. It shows up in stress. It shows up in anger. It shows up in violence. We cannot get rid of guilt by ourselves. We cannot overcome guilt by ourselves. It's only by the power of Jesus Christ can we overcome guilt. Oh, my God. Our conscience bears witness to what is right and wrong, even those who are lost have some kind of conscience through repeated wrongdoing tends to, I should say, though repeated wrongdoing tends to sear our conscience. But you still got one. We try to we try to just move past our conscience. But let me tell you, you can't just move past it. I don't care how much you've done wrong. There are people, I told you, when I go to the prison and I stand in front of those young men, and some of them not so young, and I begin to teach the word of God, and I look in their eyes, I see something that probably no one else saw. Because they're now at the point where the guilt has kicked in. Whatever crime they had committed, it didn't matter all while they were doing it. The people they were around was encouraging them. And so when they finally, and even the cops, when the cops talked to them, I'm sure the cops was irritating them. So they never get to a place of total guilt until they see the preacher. And so when I go down to Mercer County Correctional Center and I see them face to face, they've had a few weeks to, co- to cool off and, and stop being interrogated and, and have a few weeks to sit. And I come with the gospel message, oh man, I can see the guilt. Because your consciousness takes in all of what goes on. And you will experience guilt. Being lost is being, being lost is bearing the guilt of past transgressions and sins. Guilt is real and accumulates unless it is dealt with appropriately. And only Jesus can deal appropriately and completely with our guilt and our transgressions and our sins. Isaiah 53 verse 3 through 5, speaking of Jesus, the scripture says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. We hide from Jesus. But we running out the street to do everything else. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Five. But... He was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes. We are healed, but yet and still, he did all that for us, but we're hiding our faces from him. We don't want to see his face. We just want to go out here and do what we want. We just want to go out here and do what we feel in our heart. We're hiding our face from Jesus. We don't want to go before God. We don't want to go into his house. We just want to do what we want. And he has gone through all of what he's gone through for us. What is wrong with us? Because we're lost. And if we don't come to ourselves, we will not make heaven our home. And we will deceive ourselves in thinking that we're okay when we're not because it's not easy to sustain a loving fulfilled relationship without a whole lot of sacrifice and a whole lot of work my lord amen amen good preaching jesus is the only way to forgiveness of sins jesus is the only way to overcoming grief and sorrow jesus is the only way to healing and wholeness. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. I close with the text we all know. John 14 and 5 says, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus declared that he is the he, Jesus, Jesus declared that he and only he is the way to peace, to forgiveness, to righteousness, to holiness, and to heaven. Our sincerity, listen to this, our sincerity in doing the best we can is not the way. I'll say that again. Our sincerity in doing the best we can is not the way. So many people have decided that they are, they are sincerely doing their best and just expect for Jesus to accept it as what it is. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus can't accept what you're giving him because you're not the way. My God. Come on. You want to make the way, and God is the only way maker. You can't make the way. It is only him that is the way. Nobody else is the way. Jesus, only the way. Nobody else is the way. It's only him that's the way, and if you want to give him anything else, he will not accept it, because that cannot get you to the way. Only what he does, only him can be the way, nobody else. Amen. So, if you are sincerely doing your best, you're still lost. You see, if he only show us, listen to this, I'm closing here. If he only show us the way in which we should go, Jesus could not say he is the way. <laughs> yes. This is pretty clever here. If all he was was saying, this is the way you need to take, then he's not the way. It's another way. He is just pointing you to the way. But that's not what he said. He didn't say, come, let me show you the way. He didn't say, come, I, I, I'll give you the instruction to the way. No, 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 no. He says, I am the way. That's deeper than what you thought. It's not just that simple that, you know, here's the way. No, he says, I am the way. But when he does it all for us, he does everything for us. He is the first 
and the last. When he does everything, when he takes it all together out of our hands and makes it his business, he is from Alpha to Omega, then he becomes then it becomes clear that he is the way. Because he is everything that we need. He is the one that is is taking care of everything. So he is not directing us to the way. He is the way. Jesus is everything we need. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. By him does all things consist. I am the way, he says. Not merely, I was the way for the thief on the cross. I am the way for you right now. Not, I will be the way when you feel you need me most. Or when you have worked yourself into a better state. No, but I am the way right now. I am the way for thee, just as you are. Just as we are right now, he's telling us he is the way. To all that no longer want to be lost, Jesus is telling you, he is the only way. When you choose to follow him today, he has everything you need. He is the way. You know, when we want to go someplace, we prepare to go someplace. When we take a trip someplace, Mm -hmm. we prepare to go. Pack our suitcases or our bags, whatever. We save up enough money. We make all the arrangements to make sure we get to where we got to go. Let me tell you something. You don't have to prepare to follow him. He has made all the preparations for you. You you can just get right up out of the bed and just do what he says because you don't have to make no preparations. You don't have to do this and do that. You don't have to go take care of them. He is the way. You don't have to take care of anything. (laughs) The disciples didn't make any provision or preparation to follow him. Remember, as they followed and he just did his thing. When they got hungry, what did he do? Multiply fishes and bread. He fed them. He was everything to them. When he called the disciples, they left all and followed him. Don't worry about taking anything with you. He will see to it that you have everything you need. Uh-huh. Will you follow Jesus today? Will you mimic him? Because Jesus, the only way. Why don't you repent today like the prodigal son did? Why don't you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ today? We have the pool ready. You can get baptized today. Just come and see me. Or if you need me to come and pick you up, I'll come. Why don't you do it today? And even right now, As we stand to our feet, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. These are all what God can do for you and more. He's more than enough. He can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And so I'm here to tell you, Jesus, the only way. Don't look for some other way. Don't look for some other alternatives. Jesus, the only way. And if you today will surrender your life, give yourself to the Lord, he will show you that he is the way. He's not going to direct you to some way. He's going to bring you in and let you see that he is the way. 
Won't you pray right now and talk to the Lord? That change will begin to take place in your life. That the power of God will begin to move on you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today that every person under the sound of my voice will allow the preaching of your word to move on them and to change them. That, Lord God, they will not remain the same, but that, Lord, change will take place and that deliverance will take place. But more importantly, that they will have the fortitude and that they will, by faith, respond in obedience to do what you want them to do, to repent of their sins, to surrender themselves to you, Lord God, and obey your instructions so they can know you are the way, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you will shake us, that you will stir us, and that you will move us, Almighty God, to never stay in this place where we stand today, but to move forward. Yes, To take our rightful place in you, Lord God. To fulfill our purpose, our calling in you, Lord God. Will you move on us, Almighty God, that change will take place. That, Lord, there will be a spirit of humility that will sweep through our homes, wherever we are right now. That there will be a spirit of humility that will sweep upon us. That we, Lord God, will humble ourselves and surrender to you and give ourselves to you today, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, your will be done. That your kingdom come. I pray that your will be done and your kingdom come, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be so, Lord God. Let it be so in us individually and collectively. Let it be so, Almighty God, that we will never be the same. That we will take our rightful place to be a blessing. Oh, God, help us today. You are the way, Lord God, the only way. And I pray that you will help us. I pray, Almighty God, that you will help us. Oh, God, that you will rescue us, that you will save us from our sins, Lord God. Deliver us, oh, God. We're lost, Almighty God, and we can only be saved if we, oh, God, come to you. We can only, Almighty God, find the way if we come to you, for you are the way. Lord Jesus, will you help us today? Will you help us? God, <laughs> oh God, will you help us today? Will you help us today? Oh Father, will you lead us down the path of righteousness? I pray faith will move on us in such a way that we will be obedient. Conviction, oh God, will come upon us that we will respond in obedience. That somebody today will repent of their sins. Somebody today will turn to you. Somebody today will surrender their life to you. Somebody today will, Almighty God, look to you and trust you. Oh, Father, I pray for a miraculous move of God upon each and every one of us, Lord, in this house. For every one of us, Almighty God, under the sound of my voice, that there will be a supernatural move and demonstration of your power in their life, Almighty God. Have your way today, Lord Jesus. Have your way today, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord God. We honor you, Lord God. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I pray for change, Lord God. I pray for change, Almighty God. As we look to you, Lord God. We look to you, Lord God. We look to you. We look to you. Oh, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. 
Jesus, help us to find ourselves, Lord God, to come to ourselves, Lord God, and to be truthful to our identity, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way today. Lord, have your way today. We give you honor and praise. We give you honor and praise. There is none like you, Lord. There is none like you. Change us, Lord God. Wash us, Lord God. Cleanse us, O God. Heal us, Almighty God. Rescue us, Almighty God. Set us free today, Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my God. Have your way. Oh, have your way. Transform us by the renewing of our minds. Transform us by the renewing of our minds. Transform us, Lord, by the renewing of our minds. Jesus, have your way. Have your way, Lord God. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Oh, change us, Jesus. Only you can transform us that we can be changed. That we can be, oh God, who you want us to be. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Let the change come over you right now. Let the change overtake you right now. Let the change overshadow you right now. Let the change of the power of God move on you. That you will be changed today. That you will not be the same after today. That you will be able to see God working in you and through you today. Let it be so today. Let it be so today. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the change come over.
listen, if a message spoke to your heart, make a comment on one of our platforms. Make a comment on what God is doing to you. Whatever God is doing in your life, make a comment. Whatever the message meant to you, make a comment. We want to stay connected. We want to stay interactive. Talk to us and let us know what God is doing in your life. What the message has spoken to you today. Let God do what he wants. Go ahead. Don't be shy. Make a comment. Say something. Thank God for what he has done. Give God the honor because he's been good to us. Let him change you. Let him move you to a different position in him. Oh, hallelujah. I worship my Lord. I worship you. I worship you. 